0: Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of the Belmont Journal. A new and growing green source of electricity today involves a process called anaerobic digestion. Through this process, rather than sending organic waste to landfills, those wastes are converted into methane gas and the methane gas is then used to produce electricity. Until recently, Belmont's Board of Selectmen had been considering an anaerobic digester as one possible post-closure use for the old incinerator site here in Belmont. To to inform you about what a facility is and is not, the Belmont Journal takes an in-depth look at anaerobic digesters. We begin today with a conversation with Bruce Haskell, an environmental engineer with Langdon Environmental. Langdon has been serving as the environmental consultant to the Board of Selectmen on a variety of issues involving the post-closure use of the Belmont Old Incinerator site. Mr. Haskell joins us today to talk about anaerobic digesters. Thanks for stopping over. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the uh, anaerobic digester. there is a market that is that has developed uh, for anaerobic digesters in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts nowadays, and that's what the town is responding to, right?
1: Yes, uh, about uh, three or four years ago, Mass D P, Mass Department of Environmental Protection, banned uh, source separated organic waste, food waste, essentially, from disposal in landfills and incinerators. That prompted a series of, uh, of efforts to try to site facilities that could handle that material and turn it into a clean energy product and a residual that can be reused uh, to the site, including anaerobic digesters.
0: And just in case we slip into uh, the use of, uh, of terminology, we can talk about SSOs, which is source-separated organics, and that's simply the feedstock that goes into a digester. Yes, right? that's correct. In case we use SSO in our conversation. Yes. (laughs) So there is this new market, and Belmont, uh, uh, a Belmont digester would tap into that market. Market, but we're a little late in the process. Do I have that right?
1: Yes. I mean, since you know the the ban came in around 2014, and there's been a lot of effort for facilities to uh, start taking this material and reuse it. Um, in both composting facilities, like a leaf yard waste composting facility, mixing it in in smaller volumes on farms, and also anaerobic digesters. Um, One of of the larger facilities is wastewater treatment plants, like the Deer Island egg egg tanks you see, uh, flying out of Logan, are digesters. And those facilities are able to take some of this SSO material and add it to their waste stream uh, to do that. So the Greater Lawrence Sanitary District in Lawrence and Andover, has started doing that right now and, and has a, a large capacity to take that material. Um,
0: and there's a competitor in, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but a, uh, a facility in Charleston?
1: Charleston, yeah, it's, it's, so there's a facility in Charleston that is a, a transfer facility. So you know, a lot of the uh, what we found in this, the evaluation that we did was that the facilities, the anaerobic digesters, the compost facilities that take this material are located you know, far you know, over 20 miles from Belmont. And what we found was that, you know, the, the Charlestown facility, while it doesn't do anaerobic digestion on site or composting, it can take the materials and cost-effectively transport it to a more distant location out there. And it's got a fairly large capacity to do that.
0: More and more of the uh, entities, the businesses or the schools or hospitals or whatever that need to not send the organics to landfills or waste-to-energy facilities are... Uh, are entering into contracts. Do I I understand that correctly? Yeah,
1: I mean, they're subject to the ban and they need to uh, find places to take their material. So they've entered into an agreement with a facility to to accept the material or their hauler is entering into an agreement and offering it to them as a service.
0: Thanks for talking with us uh, today, Bruce. That's been very helpful. Uh, In addition to today's conversation, with Bruce Haskell, the Belmont Journal recently had the opportunity to visit Stop & Shop's anaerobic digester in southern Massachusetts. I had the pleasure of talking with Roger Belliveau, the manager of distribution services in Stop & Shop's distribution facility. Let's listen in to what Belliveau had to say about Stop & Shop's anaerobic digester.
2: Roger Belliveau, my title is manager of distribution services. In the Stop and Shop distribution center in Freetown, Mass. Because of the because of the state of Massachusetts putting in a law that says you you can't put organic material in the landfill any longer, we had to find other ways of handling that organic material. So there's a couple of things we were doing. We were shipping it off to organic companies that were picking up at the back back of our stores, and this company, Divert Inc., came along and presented an idea that looked really interesting, which was this anaerobic digester. So thinking it all through and and the cost of having the material taken away from the stores, this seemed like a really good idea and a good way to go about handling our organic material. So we began the process, process of actually building and starting up our own digester. This plant was built in 2016. We broke around in 2015. We opened the actual digester up in January of 2016 and began to process material from that that point. Been a little over two years, three years, I mean. So it's material that's brought into our stores. We try to sell everything. Obviously, we want to sell all our product, but at times things will go bad or we can't donate them because they've gone expired past their their expiration date. So we then take that material. We actually put it in large bins And we build it up to the top of the bin, then we ship it back here to Freetown on our trailers coming back from the stores after delivering product to the store. Well, the basis of anaerobic digestion is oxygen free. That's the first piece of it. So the digestion is done in an oxygen free environment. But to get back to the beginning of it, what the material is done, we put the material into what we call a large hopper. That material is then pushed up through into a what we call a mixing bowl, or a masher. And inside that masher, we're creating the, what we call a slurry. The digester wants the liquid, not the actual material, they want the liquid out of that organic material that's coming through the process. So as we develop that liquid or that slurry, it goes into a sump, and the sump will then push that material up into a, we have two tanks. One is a EQ tank which is actually the holding tank for the material, and then we have the the actual reactor and the digester.
1: The holding tank
2: will feed the digester at a constant rate, whatever we set that at, six gallons per minute, ten gallons per minute, whatever it is that needs to keep that digester operating. The digester has to stay full at all times. So when we first began the process, we actually had to fill the digester with seed to get it the bacteria building and it it was about 40 tanker loads of material to start up a 1.2 million gallon reactor or digester now once you've done that you can start feeding it material and as you build it up you fill it once it's full stays full so in order to put more material in it you have to take material out of it this is where the real piece of the digester comes into play because you get three byproducts out of this you get water runoff, you get biogas, which is a methane gas, and you get a compost, a very dark, rich, black compost. The water is reused in the process to a degree. Some of it has to go down the sewage, and the, and the methane gas is cooled down, fed to a generator, which then powers, creates power for the site that we are sitting on right now, which is a one million square foot warehouse the digester is capable of producing up to 40% of the energy that is needed to operate that, the entire facility. There's a number of materials that can go into this this digestion process. Uh, you have grocery products that can go into it. It's really, you have to look at it as being an organic material. So food, food products, uh, even pet food. You don't want non-organic material though. So even We even take um, plants not the soil, but we'll take the plants like the cuts from the florist department where they do all the cut flowers and they start to wilt and they go bad those can go into this process too. So it's really a lot of materials throughout a store that is able to go into this process. It's self-contained from the point of dumping the material into the process. It's not self-contained up until that point so the containers with the material in it, uh, the bins are fed in through the process of lifting that bin up and actually tipping it to dump it. Then it becomes self-contained from that point forward. So you can actually see it from here. You see two large, very large tanks. One's much larger than the other. One tank is a 1.1 million gallon tank, and the other one's a 100,000 gallon tank. They're very clean. There's no debris or sediment or anything running off the side of it. It's all self-enclosed. So, and the smell is, Really minimal because there are filters in the tanks to keep that odor from actually creating and coming out into the air. In the summertime you might smell a little bit but very very mild if you would. Our our goal is to average about 95 tons per week of material going into it. So that would be small compared to a city doing it. Because an entire city or town doing it would probably create much more organic material than than I think we're doing. Well, the truck, truck traffic coming in and out of the facility to handle the organic material that's coming into our facility averages on a daily basis between 175 to 190 trucks a day. Those same trucks would have been trucks that had left here earlier in the day to deliver product to the store and they have to return. So on average it would be about 175 to 190 trailers a day that will go in and out of here. The the operation, when I speak to 24-7, is truly 24-7. We have material coming in all day and all night. So our deliveries to our stores aren't just six hours during the day, it's 24 hours around the clock. We're delivering, whether we're delivering groceries, or we're delivering perishable product, we're delivering product all through, throughout, throughout the day and the night. The number of employees to manage and operate the digester are, there's 24 Stop and Shop associates, and 12 Divert associates that operate and maintain that facility, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. One of the issues that Stop and Shop was concerned with when we first thought about building a digester and putting it on this site was odor. We were very concerned that we have neighbors. We have, you know, we're trying to be Uh, um, we're trying to be environmentally correct, but we're also not gonna upset our neighbors due to odor. So one of the things was making sure that the actual process in the digester, I won't go 100% odor free, but it is very much sustained within the process. The the digestion process, process is, I could almost say noise free. Outside of what happens when we first dump the product into the hopper and it rides up that conveyor, everything else is you can't you couldn't tell it was going on. You could go out there and listen to it. Even when the generator's running, you really don't hear a lot of noise. my opinion with the way people are the state and, and people are thinking about the environment and everything everything that goes with it, that's good for the environment, bad for the environment, I, I believe that things like the anaerobic digestion, whether it be anaerobic digestion or some other form of digestion, because there are different ways of doing that. I believe that is the the up-and-coming thing, because what are we going to do with all that material if we don't find other ways to make it useful? And producing electricity, what better way to do it?
0: We conclude today's program by noting that an anaerobic digester has been one of the five alternatives being considered for Belmont's old incinerator site. While it now appears that it is not likely that an anaerobic digester will be pursued, a final decision will be made by the Board of Selectmen on March 18th. Tune in again to the Belmont Journal for more information on other post-closure use alternatives, as well as for up-to-date information on what the Board of Selectmen is considering. You've been watching a special edition of the Belmont Journal. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Thanks for watching. I'll talk to you again next time.